Hey everyone, uh, Pastor Ryan here with Grace Church, and today I want to talk about uh, unity in the midst of COVID. Now, uh, I got to be honest with you, uh, it's, 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 I'm exhausted talking about COVID, and I'm sure many of us here are exhausted too talking about COVID, and I get that. But I just got back from sabbatical, and, and, I, and, and I'm just concerned about just some of the things, the conversations we're having around COVID, and I feel as the pastor here at the church, I should say something about that. Now, uh, here's the thing. Um, a COVID is something that seems to be causing quite a bit of division in our culture and in our country and in our world. I mean, there are uh, all sorts of opinions as to how we should be approaching this issue, how should we should be responding to this issue, and it's causing a lot of division in our world. We have people on all sorts of different sides of the, the scale. Uh, on, on one side of the scale, we have maybe people over here who are like, you know what, this COVID thing uh, is just a, just a made-up lie. It doesn't even exist. And, and, if, and if you're giving into this uh, COVID thing, you're, you're just giving into the lies and the propaganda that people are telling you about. And then you have people maybe on this side of the scale who are like, you know what, this, the COVID does exist. And if, if you leave your house at all, or if you leave your house without a, without a, without a face mask, you're actually being irresponsible. And you're putting the lives of other people at risk. And then, of course, we have all sorts of opinions in between. And uh, our, our world and our culture is divided. Now, here's my concern as well. If we go a step further, all of those opinions, uh, it, it feels like uh, we see those opinions in the church. The people in the church are no different when it comes to their opinions on the scale as the rest of the world is. And if we don't deal with this carefully, this can cause quite a bit of division in the church. And so we've got to talk about that today. Um, and so that's what we're going to do. And we're going to look at a passage today that helps us deal, it gives us principles as to how to deal with disputable um, issues that cause or potentially could cause division in the church and in our world. And before we get to the passage, I actually want to start by talking about the person who wrote the passage. But I want to talk about his former life first. And so I want to talk about a guy by the name of Saul. Uh, Saul, back in the day, back in biblical times, was a Jew. But he wasn't just a Jew. He was the cream of the crop. He was considered, uh, well, he wasn't considered, he was a Pharisee. And one of the best Pharisees at that. And this was a guy who would meticulously follow the law. Uh, the, the, the Jewish laws of, well, of the Jews. And um, he, he, didn't just, he didn't just follow some of the basic stuff, but as a Pharisee, as a, as a senior religious leader, these guys were known to create more laws and more rules to make sure they weren't breaking the actual rules. Uh, th these guys were the real deal. They were serious. They, had, uh, they held uh, very strict uh, dietary laws, uh, they had this very strict kosher diet. And in fact, these guys wouldn't even, they wouldn't even hang out with a Gentile, someone who was a non-Jew, because if they accidentally hung out with, or if they hung out with a Gentile, they might accidentally touch something of theirs that may have touched a piece of meat or a food product that they were not allowed to meet. So they just didn't even associate with Gentiles. These guys were extreme. Saul was extreme. And, uh, this kind of a person in that culture would have been seen almost like, like a mini-celebrity. It's kind of like what my sense is that, uh, you know, say you're walking down the street of Abbotsford and you see the mayor. 
Well, you might look over and you might take notice and say, hey, look, it's the mayor. And I get the sense in that culture, in their time, if you saw a Pharisee walking down the street, you'd be like, whoa, there's a Pharisee. It's almost like he had this mini local celebrity status. And what this guy was also known for, Saul, he was also known for, um, uh, he was so passionate and zealous for what he believed in right and wrong that he would actually, he was hunting down fellow Jews who became Christians, and he would actually hunt them down, not to, not to you know, try to talk him out of it. He, he would hunt them down to, to kill them. <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was the real deal, extreme. And then this Saul was later transformed to the point where he, he, went, he had a name change. And his name was changed from Saul to Paul. And it wasn't just a name change. Something happened in his life that just, just transformed him like crazy. He went from this, this pharisaical person who held the strict uh, laws to someone who, who, uh, who wouldn't hang out with the Gentiles, to someone who now would hang out with the Gentiles, who would now be willing to eat some of their stuff, who the same people he was hunting down to kill, he actually considered him, himself uh, a slave and a servant to the people that he was hunting down and, and disagreeing with. Uh, he was willing to give up his rights and his privileges. He was willing to be persecuted. Uh, he was willing to even get paid a lousy wage for doing all those things, like, what in the world happened for, for Saul to go to one extreme to the other and become Paul? Well, I'll tell you what happened. Uh, Saul encountered Jesus. He came to, to experience the love of Jesus. He came to understand that Jesus is the Messiah of not only the Jews, but the entire world. That, that Jesus, he left his perfect throne in heaven to come and die a criminal's death on the cross so that so that we may experience his love and forgiveness and that we might be, become reconciled with God and come back into right relationship with him. And this transformed Paul to the point where he realized, man, this whole world needs to understand that the, that the, that the world's greatest need to all of life's deepest issues is Jesus. It's coming back into relationship with Jesus. And he became obsessed he, he transformed every area of his life so that he can do everything in his life to tell people about the love of Jesus. And so this guy, Paul, he wrote a letter to uh, the church in Rome, and uh, they were dealing with some disputable matters, some things that were causing some division, and I'll talk about what those issues were in a second. But before he even got to those disputable matters, in the first part of this letter that he wrote to the Romans, he talked about the gospel. He talked about the love of Jesus and how everybody needs to be transformed by the love of Jesus and that the whole world needs to hear the gospel. That's what was driving him. And then that as the foundation then led him to talk about these disputable matters. So uh, let's, let's, let's talk about these, these things. And so uh, I want to highlight four simple points or areas of scripture that give us some principles that we can uh, apply to our situation when we talk about COVID uh, that will help us walk through these, uh, this divisive issue in our world and in our church. And so uh, the passage we're, or the book we're dealing with is, is Romans, and the passage spans Romans chapter 3 and 14. We're not going to read the whole chapters. I'm just going to pull out a few verses that apply to us. You can and you should read uh, those passages by yourself another time. But I just want to pull out a few verses that I feel the Lord wants us to hear today. 
So again, uh, Paul writes to the Romans, and they are a divided church over some secondary matters of faith. And here's some, uh, some, some insight that he gives us. The first point is this that I want to make, and it's really the first verse. It's Romans 13, verse 1. So really, before he gets into the nitty-gritty of the issues they're dealing with, he starts, we're going to start back in Romans 13, verse 1. It says this. It says, Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Another translation will be, will, would say that everyone must obey the, govern, the, uh, the governing authorities. Same deal. Uh, submit, obey, governing authorities. Now, let me also say this. Uh, during this time, Paul was writing this during a time in history where the church did not have charitable status with the government. Uh, the government in his day was not as kind as the government. You could make an argument that the government in his day was not as kind as the government is towards us in our day. Yet, in that context, in that situation, Paul was telling believers to submit and obey the governing authorities. Perhaps a greater challenge for them in their time as it was in our time. And so we have an obligation under God to obey our governing authorities. And when we talk about COVID, we need to work with our governing officials uh, when it comes to dealing with COVID. And so if the governing officials, if they tell us that we have to limit our numbers, we need to be receptive to that. If, if we have to be sanitizing things in a certain way or um, whatever it is, whatever regulations they're passing on to us, we have a responsibility under God to submit to them and to work with them. Now, there is, there is an exception. Uh, the exception is as long as they're not, uh, they're not telling us we can't believe in Jesus, or we can't talk about Jesus, or we can't pray to Jesus, or, or that we can't meet at all, but they're not doing that. Uh, the government is saying, listen, there's a pandemic going on, and we're treating everybody the same, and, uh, and we want you to work with us. And so we have an obligation under God to work with the government. But we have to ask ourselves the deeper uh, question, why? Why do we have an obligation to uh, submit and obey our governing authorities? And the why is so that we have an opportunity, a better chance to win people for Christ. Uh, the gospel is, at, is always at the focal point. It's always the foundation. It's always the why behind everything that Paul does. And so, so, he, so here's the deal. Um, uh, we have a contingency of people in our world and even in our church who are all about, man, we have got to get back into the building. We have got to get back into the building, even if the government tells us not to. Now, here's the problem. Uh, the mission of the church was never to go back into the building. The mission of the church is to tell people about the love of Jesus. And sometimes it changes. Sometimes we meet in the building and sometimes we don't. So here's the thing. If, if our goal is to, is to defy government orders or whatever and, uh, and to de defy their regulations, this is what happens. We then uh, uh, become a bad witness to our community. We become a bad witness to those in governing uh, authorities whom are, are people that we want to win to the gospel as well. And so if we are um, a thorn, sort of, so to speak, in the flesh of governing officials or those in our community, how in the world are we going to have a chance of winning people to Christ? And so again, as long as uh, they're not telling us we can't uh, pray or we can't believe in Jesus, we've got to work with them, and it's our, uh, our God-given responsibility as Christians to do that. So that's the first thing to remember. And then as we jump to 
The next passage, Romans chapter 14, you can read the whole chapter, but I'm just going to pull up a few things here. Uh, the second thing is this, and I'll just read this, uh, Romans 14 verse 1, and I'm just going to read a little bit in verse 10 as well. And I love this. It's so simple, but it's so, so important. It says this. It says, accept him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disputable matters. And then he kind of gives the why in verse 10. Uh, he says, for we will all stand before God's judgment seat. In other words, God's the judge, so we shouldn't be judging others. Now, within this passage, he, he shares with us some of the issues that were going on there. And I want to highlight what some of those issues were and how they apply uh, to our situation with COVID. The first issue was eating meat. Is it right to eat meat? Is it not to eat meat? And us reading this passage in our culture, we, we might not have any idea what in the world is going on. This was really at the end of the, end of the day and nothing to do with whether you should be a vegetarian or not. You see, the, uh, the, the church in Rome, they were made up of Jews and Gentiles. And uh, they all had a different uh, mindset or uh, if you will, when it came to eating meat. And particularly, here's what was happening. In their time, it was common for people to sacrifice an animal, and the animal might be sacrificed to an idol. And then this uh, meat that was sacrificed to an idol would then be put in the marketplace, and then people would go buy this meat, and some people would be potentially eating meat that was sacrificed to an idol. Now, uh, similar to the scale we have with covid people's opinions towards whether you should be eating this type of meat were varied in the church. Some people were maybe on this side of the fence and saying, hey, listen, um, uh, if, if we are, are eating meat that's sacrificed to an idol, man, that is disrespectful towards God. Therefore, we should not be eating that kind of meat. and Maybe we shouldn't even eat meat at all. And then there's other people on the other side of the scale who said, listen, uh, there's no such thing there's no other God other than the one true God. And so whether you eat meat or not to idols is insignificant because there is only one true God. So go ahead and eat whatever meat you want to eat. And that was actually the point that Paul made. But in the end, here's the thing. Paul is saying, uh, don't uh, pass judgment on each other. Don't condemn each other because it only leads to division. I'll, I'll share with you the other um, issue and, and uh, uh, what's the other issue here? Oh, yeah, the, the, the other issue was, um, again, the church was made up of Jews and Gentiles, and they all had a different perspective as to when they should celebrate the Sabbath or holy days. Uh, one issue that may have been coming up was that the Jews were accustomed to observing the Sabbath on a Saturday. Um, uh, maybe new Christians were getting used to celebrating on a Sunday. Uh, and so people were wondering which day is more holy than the other, I think the greater issue, though, was probably amongst the Jews when they were trying to figure out, once I become, once I put my faith in Jesus, how do I celebrate the various holidays that I'm used to celebrating as a Jew? Do I still participate them in them uh, in the same way? Or, because now I found my faith in Jesus, I now don't have an obligation to even celebrate those things as a Jew. And so there would have been a lot of different opinions as to how someone should function. And Paul says at the end of the day, listen, don't judge each other over these secondary matters of faith, over these disputable matters. Because in the end, everyone's trying to do what they know best to honor God. Don't judge each other. Don't, con don't condemn each other. Now, what was the why? What was the why behind this? Not to judge or condemn each other. The why was so that, uh, man, if we are a church that's just caught up judging each other and condemning each other, uh, we are going to lose ground when it comes to winning people for Christ, 
for sharing the love of Christ that the world so desperately needs because we're just going to be caught infighting with each other. And so, uh, you know, how does this uh, relate to uh, uh, COVID? Well, even just to talk about an issue within the issue of COVID, just to give you an example, even this whole issue of wearing a mask is a controversial thing in our world and even in our church. What do we do? Do we wear the mask? Do we not wear the mask? And some people are drawing really hard lines in the sand as to whether you should be wearing a mask or not. And not only that, it's, it's resulting in people judging each other. And so just to use that scale example again, uh, you know, these people on this side of the fence, uh, on this extreme side might say, hey, if you are wearing a mask, you are giving in to the lies and the deception that they feel the world is teaching us. And for those of us over here, you might have a certain level of trust in the government and what you've been told, and uh, you might feel that you are being irresponsible to those around you by not wearing a mask. So, oh my goodness, what in the world do we do? Well, one thing's for certain is we don't judge each other. We don't condemn each other um, because that's, that's going to get no one anywhere. But the bigger issue is that, again, if we are a church that's caught in fighting and judging each other, how in the world are we going to be able to win people to Christ? That is not an environment that the world is going to be attracted to. In fact, uh, I, I should say this. I was going to say this later, but I'll say it now. Um, our, our world is, is so, um, uh, what's the word? Um, alienated from each other, and people have taken very strong sides in each other, and our, our world, our culture, our country is so divided. What if the church could figure this out? Uh, what if we could be a church where we could have multiple we could have multiple people with multiple opinions on either side of the extreme scale, and, and we were able to figure out how to fellowship with each other and how to love each other in the midst of a diversity of opinion on secondary matters of faith. Whoa! Wouldn't that be a witness? I think it would. I think that would open up the doors for us to share the gospel and share the love of Jesus like never before. So instead of putting our efforts into judging each other, why don't we put our efforts into figuring out how, how we can respect each other's opinions? Why? For the sake of the gospel, for the sake of winning people to Jesus. Next point. Romans 14, 13. And so he summarizes what he just said. He says, therefore, let us stop passing judgment on each other, on one another. And then he says this, which I found, it just popped out at me. He says this, he says, instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in your brother's way, uh, your, your brother or sister's way. And um, in, this, in this context, um, Paul comes back to this whole meat-eating thing. Paul had just made an argument. He, he, he has an opinion. By the way, it's fine to have an opinion. There's nothing wrong with that. He has an opinion. He says it's totally fine to eat meat. But then he says in this passage... Uh, don't do something that's, that's going to put an obstacle in someone's way. And he goes on to say, listen, I think it's okay to eat meat and any kind of meat because there's only one true God, but I am willing to never eat meat again if that's going to result in creating a stumbling block, if me eating meat is going to result in a stumbling block for someone to come to faith in Jesus. And he goes on to say, listen, if, if, if me eating meat is, is going to cause someone to stumble, it's actually wrong. It's not just something you shouldn't do. He's, he's, he's saying it's something, it, it's wrong. You can read it for yourself. Uh, Romans 14, I think it's verse 20 or something. Um, 
but we don't do things to put a stumbling block in front of someone else. Why? Because it hinders us sharing the love of Jesus. It hinders us in our effectiveness at reaching people with the gospel of the Lord. So how does this apply to this whole COVID situation? Uh, one example that comes to mind is, you know, I, I look on social media, for example, and uh, I think one of the things that we can do that put an, uh, an obstacle in someone's way is when we are condemning the other side, or not just condemning, but we are mocking the other side of the scale of whatever side we're on. That it does nobody any good. Here's the reality. We live in a world where um, the online world is a, it's a real thing. <laughs> People are online. And I want to say this, uh, it's not just uh, pastors at, at this church or elders or staff people. If you are a member at this church, what you post online, uh, you are representing our church. And so there are people within our church uh, and the church at large, but even in our church, specific church, who sometimes I'm seeing statements that are not tasteful. Uh, they are uh, offensive. They are alienating people on the other side of the spectrum. And uh, that's not healthy. You need to think through the big picture. Man, if there was an, uh, an unchurched person who was reading something that I posted on social media that was um, alienating someone on the other side of the scale, would this help someone come to Christ or would it hinder them to come to Christ? And you need, we just need to be so, so careful. And so if you are a person, I, I want you to actually... I want you to actually reflect on some of the things that you've been posting on social media or things you've been saying in person. I want you to seriously reflect. Ask God to reveal, speak to your heart, speak to your mind. And, and, and if you have been posting things that have been alienating the other side, you need to actually ask God, God for, for, for forgiveness. Because you actually might be hindering someone in coming to faith in Jesus because they feel judgment from you. It's not doing anybody any good, so please stop posting, alienating things on social media, or even in conversation with, with others. And the big why, again, is because of the gospel. So here's the thing. Paul was willing to give up some of his rights and privileges. Why? Just to be a nice guy? No way. He was willing to give up his rights and privileges for the sake of the gospel, so that people will come to know the love of Jesus. So what right and what privilege do you have to give up for the sake of, when we think of COVID, for the sake of winning people to Christ. Uh, some of us are so, have a, such a hard line in the sand about, again, not wearing a mask, wearing a mask. Listen, get over yourself. It's not about you. It's about the gospel of Jesus. It's about sharing the love of Jesus. If I'm dead set against wearing a mask, goodness, I should wear it if, it's, if, it, if there's a possibility that someone might come to faith because I'm being respectful of them. If it's, that, that can be used as a, as a bridge. So let's be mindful and consider how, how we're interacting with people in our world and on, online. The last uh, passage that, jumps, that comes to mind is actually a, somewhat of a parallel passage. And it's found in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 19 to 23. Paul was just talking about some very uh, similar divisive matters in the Corinthian church. And uh, this passage, for me, kind of summarizes what I've been talking about um, quite well. And Paul reminds us what the purpose, what the bottom line of his ministry is all about. And he says this in verse 19. He says, though I am free and belong to no man, I myself am a slave to everyone. He is willing to become a slave to everyone. Why? 
to win as many as possible to Jesus. He says to the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak. To win the weak, I become all things to to all men, so that all possible means I might save some. I do this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. So what's going on here? Paul says, listen, when I'm hanging out with the Jews on this side of the scale, I'm not going to eat bacon, I'm not going to eat shrimp, I'm going to follow the laws, I'm going to hang out with them on the Sabbath, Uh, I'm not going to do anything that's going to upset them or offend them. Why? So that I have the the, the opportunity to share the love of Jesus with them. When I go hang out with the Gentiles over here on this side of the scale, I'm going to eat bacon shrimp all day long. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, I, I'm just going to get rid of the, the things or, or, or not, or just, just put aside the secondary matters of faith that don't matter so that I have the chance to win people for the gospel. That is his driving course. That, 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 that's his driving force. Um, that's why he's writing these letters to uh, these churches. That's why he's been transformed, because he's been transformed by the love of Jesus, which the world so desperately needs. So let me just say a few things uh, as I close here. Uh, First off, um, okay, COVID is weird. (laughs) I did not see COVID coming. Uh, But you know what? Uh, I think we should see the opportunities that the Lord is giving us because of COVID. but before I talk about the opportunities, I just want to say first off that we, sh- we should, and that's probably actually a healthy thing to grieve what we've lost. You know, when I was on sabbatical this summertime, there, I remember a specific moment where I, I don't know what it, where it was or where it was, but I remember this moment very clearly, clearly where I said to myself, man, I wish singing with the, with the body of Christ in church gathered as a whole church in our church building. I miss that. And I'm sure many of you listening today, you, you miss certain elements of what it's like to meet with the entire church. And it's okay to acknowledge that, and it's okay to grieve. But the reality is, I have no idea what the church is going to look like in a few months to a few years, but the reality is, we're probably not going to look the same. It's very likely we won't. And it's okay to grieve some of the things that we lost. However, let's not stay in grief about all the things we've lost. Let's see how God's hand is, is in the midst of COVID. He's working with COVID. He's allowed COVID to give us the opportunities. Why? To share the gospel. Man, I, I think we're living in a time where the gospel is being uh, spread, like potentially maybe no other time in history. I look back at history, and whenever God has shaken things up, whether he's uh, uh, allowed persecution or you know, major world events that caused people to shift and move around the world, that's when the gospel spreads. And although that's uncomfortable and we grieve certain things that we've lost, man, let's see the bigger picture here. Let's see the bigger picture. Uh, There is an incredible opportunity to share the gospel like never before, and particularly online, as we're being forced online. You know, I've been hearing stories of uh, people random people posting YouTube videos uh, about, you know, their faith in Jesus or whatever. And uh, I'm seeing people coming to faith apparently on YouTube, of all places. I, I hear stories. Someone, Nathan told me a story the other day of, of someone 
uh, starting up a prayer and worship ministry online where they're, they're leading worship for two or three hours a day with random people all over the world online. And that never would have happened if COVID didn't happen. I'm hearing stories of uh, uh, Jewish people on this particular website uh, sharing stories of how they came to faith in Jesus. And there's just uh, just an incredible amount of people coming to faith in Jesus because of this online ministry. Uh, for many years now, I've been feeling in my heart that we have to step up our online ministry as a church. And in the fall, before we even heard of COVID, I, I was really pushing for some techie gear. Little did I know all this would, would, would take place, but I pushed for some things to be in the budget. And uh, I'm so thankful that when, by the time COVID hit, we were already prepared to purchase a few things and get on this this online thing. And I say that not to make myself look good or anything. I had no idea any of this was going to happen, but I say this to encourage you that God's hand was in this. He knew this was going to happen. This didn't catch him by surprise. And I believe that God is using this to, to, to spread the gospel. And we should get on the train of seeing what God is doing and, and embrace what God is doing and see how we can pivot to, for the sake of, of the gospel. So a couple of things I want to close with. Uh, there's one thing I want you to stop, and I'm, there's one thing I want you to do more of. And the one thing I want you to stop is, is this, and I've already mentioned this. Stop saying things on social media that's going to alienate someone on the other side of the spectrum, or even an in, in, even in individual in-person conversation. That does, no one, that does no one any good. It's good to have an opinion. It's good to think critically. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with sharing that in a respectful way. But man, uh, don't be um, um, casting judgment on someone in person or on social media that's going to do nothing but alienate the other person and hinder us in our effectiveness in sharing the gospel. Keep the big picture in mind. That's one thing I want us to stop. The other thing that we, sh- we should do is we should consider how we can leverage and how we can use the online tools that God has given us to spread the gospel. Man, if there is a message that, that we put on that you think might appeal to someone else, use it as an opportunity to share Here's the other thing. Um, I've gone to a couple of home churches recently, and that is an excellent opportunity to invite someone who maybe would never set foot in a church building, but they would come to your house. There's an opportunity there. Um, So invite someone to your house. uh, um, uh, Share a a sermon link if if you think it might bless someone. And don't even share mine. Like, I'm not the best preacher out there. There's all sorts of other preachers out there who who can share uh, the love of Jesus in a different way. And if you find something online that's going to bless someone uh, in some other part of the world, share it. Use this tool that God has given us to advance the gospel. So that being said, um, you know, let's, let's be a church that instead, instead of allowing COVID to divide us, let's be a church that sees the opportunities that God has given us. And let's commit to being a unified body for the sake of the gospel, not just for the sake of being nice people, but for the sake of Uh, the gospel, and and realizing that the world needs to see the love of Jesus. Father, we we thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for for our sins. Lord, you gave up your rights and your privileges um, to serve us. What, What an amazing God that we serve. Thank you for your love. Help us to just understand more and more the deepness and riches of your love. I thank you that you transformed people like Saul, who then became Paul, who were just transformed by your love as well, and they were reconciled. And I thank you, Lord, that we are a church who are transformed as well by the love of Jesus. And Lord, both we and the rest of the world are desperate with all the things that are going on in the world. 
We are desperate for you. The world needs you so bad. Help us to keep the first things first. Lord, we repent if we've done anything to hinder um, your gospel in our church and in our world. And we just pray that you would point this in the right direction so that uh, we can share the love of Jesus with our neighbors and with our friends and whoever, whoever you've entrusted us with. And so, Lord, we just, we just pray a continued blessing as a church as we try to figure things out as we go, as we continue to figure things out as we go. And we trust that you will be guiding us and directing us um, as we go. Amen.